Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome and rejoice, listeners. It's a Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, so too much talking of pets is barely enough. Episode 123. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and I'm joined by a man who I'm not sure what's happening over in his neck of the woods, but uh, hopefully he's building an ark the same as what I am here because it's pretty inclement. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, Robbie. How are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm a little damp, mate. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's dark over here too. What it's uh, supposedly three o'clock in the afternoon. It looks like it's about six o'clock here. We've got a fair storm that's come over, a fair bit of rain too, which is nice. We need the rain. It's good. It's good. Oh, we do. I'm a little bit worried that it's getting so dark that I might be uh, in breach of curfew, Lewis. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, get home by eight o'clock. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully we get this done in that time. I mean, we are thinking it's going to be a long show, but hopefully we get it done inside of five hours. <laughs> and, and, well, I was I was listening to one of my, one of the other podcasts. I listened to the um uh, the Weekly Planet where they talk about uh, movie movies and comics and all that sort of you know nerdy stuff. And they were saying that they're they're allowed to record together because they've been classified as journalists, so they're allowed to actually still go and record together. So I don't know whether are we able to get into a, a get a journalistic bent, Lewis, on that, our on our. That's a very pages. long bow, mate, to say that we we are in any way journalistic at all. In uh, in any way, we're, we're newsworthy, perhaps, but we're not journalistic in our in our uh, in our uh, our integrity, perhaps. Wouldn't have thought so. Wouldn't have thought so. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. I thought maybe we just need to have a look into and see whether or not two vets talk pets can qualify as uh, as journalists so then well, that way because we're just saying that it's uh saying off air it's been six months since we recorded uh face to face it is well maybe next week you could drive over here and if you get stopped by the police that'll be our little litmus test to know That'd be if the we're cover story if I'll we're allowed to do it or not i'll wave my microphone at them <laughs> oh, it's all right i'm a podcaster yeah and if it's a sixteen hundred dollar fine i'm not going halves no, no, you sure? No, sure no, mate, I'm right. too busy mailing t-shirts and stickers and stuff. I can't go halves in some fine. Oh, geez, well, we'll have to get the Patreon subscribers up for that. <laughs> yeah, we need a few more, a few more of those. Yeah. Hey, how did, how'd you go consulting today in the rain? Uh, well, no, we... we oh, you, you guys are inside, aren't you? Yeah, well, uh, the animals are inside. Yeah. But um, but the owners, yeah, they are outside, undercover, sort of a strip shop. So undercover in the awning. What sort the of front. shop? A, a, uh, strip shop. Yeah. <laughs> sure. what? Oh, you, you don't have the, you don't have that at your place. You know, no, 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 no. I've, I've often wondered what I've, uh, when we, we did get to see each other, I'd see you come home from work. You had all the dollar bills tucked inside of your pants there. You dollar, know, dollar why bills. <laughs> little, little tassels. Yeah. Little um, tassels on my top. Yeah. Uh, no, I got out in the rain today. Nice. Yeah. Right. yeah I, was, I was out there, uh, consulting in the rain. Yeah, you know, you're just uh, having having a little bit of a splash around here. It was a little bit wet and cold, I'll be honest with you. Um, but it was weird because it was a couple of times I went out there. So I was, I was uh, looking at this little puppy today. And um, so I've, I've carried it in, um, you, know, cover, you know, covered by the umbrella. And so I've come in to give my hands a wash before then I went to get the next uh, the next patient. And by the time I've come out, the sun's shining. Like there's not a cloud in the sky oh, and the wow. sun's shining. I go, how nice is this? And then by the time I walk back out with that dog again, it was absolutely pissing with rain oh. again. 
So it was, I was going to ask, you know, have you got the, you know, are you carrying the umbrella? Are you wearing the raincoat? Or perhaps you've got the hat with the umbrella on it from the, you know, they get to the show or the, or the cricket. So, they, you know, rain on your head. That'd be a better option, surely. Uh, it, it would be good because oh, I think I need to get some sort of apparatus that I can just sort of attach it on the back. Yeah, Inspector Gadget style. Right. Where I can just have the umbrella come up, but then I haven't worked out how to make it retract yet. Then when I try to, because when I try and sort of walk in through the front door, it's a little gangly, you know, it's a little, it's a little um, obtuse to try and get through a doorway. Did, there, did you have to explain, you know, in a professional way, why, you know, using a, a, um, one of uh, Camille's Barbie umbrella? Was that, was that an awkward thing or, or no, that was all fine? On. Well, I, I think it would feel better wearing and um, uh, using the the Barbie one because otherwise I've just got one from a pet food company that um, that's 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 not a sponsor of the podcast, and so it's a little bit, um, you know, I, I always feel a little bit bad walking out. You know, I mean, it's bad enough, you know, having it, you know, having the posters around the clinic, but then when you walk in, going, oh, this this food's stopping me from getting wet as well. How good is it? That just feels a little bad. You well, know? maybe if Andre's listening, he can send us out a few delicate care umbrellas. That'd be nice. Why not? Surely they could because, you know, tell us about how good delicate care is. Oh, it's fantastic. And if we've got a couple of uh, lovely golf umbrellas to go with it, it'd be even better, wouldn't it? Oh, imagine, imagine the talking points with that. Yeah. Lewis, as I'm walking out in the rain, you know, with my delicate care umbrella, because I have actually been, I've been selling some delicate care, talking to people about the, uh, the, the skin and uh, sensitive skin, sensitive stomach, the novel protein diet, the, uh, the duck and kangaroo based diet, Australian made, Australian owned and all that sort of fun stuff. But imagine how good it would be having a big umbrella that I walk out and just go just yeah, this big umbrella. That'd be that'd be tops. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a talking point, you know. Just uh, really, really set off the discussion about food and how much we love delicate care. Absolutely. So, so if you're listening, Andre and delicate care, I uh, uh, wouldn't mind a nice umbrella because it is getting a little bit inclement at the moment. He's down in safe Tasmania, so I don't know if you can ship things up, but certainly uh, we'll, we'll look out for those in the post. Thanks, Andre. Appreciate that. And also, Zilkeen. We love a bit of Zilkeen. Hey, I'm getting that out like lollies at the moment. Nice. Zilkeen. The cats, number of cats we've seen with the uh, the Pandora syndrome, as as I like to call it. We we're talking off air the the urinary tract problems. Um, yes, that we've seen in cats with a bit of rain going on. I think a bit of stress of people being home. Um, seen a lot of that, and I'm seeing a lot of cats home on on the anti-inflammatories and uh, and a little bit of zilkeen to help with the stressful things that that are potentially causing their urinary problems. So yeah, I was big, big thank you to zilkeen. I um I sold some today a dog that's um that seizures that's um that is uh, that has some anxiety issues, and I said, well, the, the unfortunately a lot of the medication that we would normally use we can't use because of um because of the seizure issue, but Zilkeen will be fine. Yeah. So so we've got to start it on some Zilkeen to see if that might help him out. Have you got them on Pexin as well or not? Or uh, on Phenobarb. Uh, this fellow's on Phenobarb because he's a big, big, big Labrador. So. If they've got anxiety as well, you can change it to Pexion. There's some anxiety, anti-anxiety um, thoughts that Pexion does a little bit of that too. So that's an option for you as well. Yeah, uh, fi- financial. Yeah, financial. Yeah, big, enough. big, big dog and on Pexy. So, so yeah. yeah. So we're sticking, and we've got good control with the Feno as well. So, and it's not affecting the rest of his body. So we're going to keep on. Keep on running with that, but hopefully the Zilkeen will help him out with his uh, with his anxiety. Because again, you know, as we've always said, he's getting worse with uh, you know owners being around and you know everything uh, situation changing. So yeah, you know, we'll see how he goes. Excellent, 
Excellent. And of course, thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we really, really appreciate your support. You, you're uh, still supporting us. We haven't had a big drop off, which is nice um, in, uh, in these tough times. So thank you very much for sticking on board, everybody. Yeah, we appreciate it. If you'd like to check it out, go to patreon.com, search for Two Vets Talk Pets, and you can see what's going up as little as $2 a month. You can uh, help to support us. And uh, if you know, given that Lewis isn't busy doing anything else, he'll send you out a sticker. <laughs> I'm busy trying to get you out of your fine, mate, for coming over here to record next week. Do you week. think maybe if I could just um just just put a sticker on the back of the divvy van when they pull me over, would that be all right? Yeah, oh no, just back of the car and just point at it when they pull me. Woo! Podcast. Woo! I'm, yeah. a rec- po- I'm recording a podcast. Show, show the show the mic out the side and just, just zoom off on them. That'll work well. See how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> that worked really well. More than sixteen buck fine than that. <laughs> Recording from the big house. Hey, it might be a good way of getting some publicity for the podcast, though. You know, yes, the yeah. Melbourne podcaster, you know, issued with fine for flashing microphone and podcast sticker at police. Exactly. It's like, is it the uh, what's it, what do they call the shark in the pond or something? I heard it in a podcast this week. The ah, uh, there was some show on TV beyond for a long time, and it wasn't going so well. And then they had an episode about a shark. In the, yeah, jumping oh, the shark. Jumping the shark. Jumping yes. the shark. That was Happy Days. Yes, that's it. So that's it. Happy so, Days. So, so yes. that's always. So so that's the that's the pop yes. culture vernacular of when someone or, or something, um, when things start to go downhill. Mm. It's their jump the shark moment because well, in Happy well, Days they had the had Fonzie on water skis jumping a shark, and that was yeah. when everyone knew. Yeah, happy days is done, man. I don't think it was on the water skis. I think that was a furphy, maybe. But anyway, but you could the jump in the shark could be you you in the car uh, outrunning the cops on the way to the podcast. And that's the the time when the two vets talk vets podcast started to head south. No, no, it is heading south, so we do that to head it north again. Oh, I ought to try and turn it around. (laughs) Yeah, it's right. Right. Okay. Anyway, this is getting off the track. So I saw an article this week. No, actually, I didn't. I did an online conference with um. Uh, ISFM, International Society of Feline Medicine. I think they yes. had a, they had a uh, couple of uh, online uh, conferences. We actually really interesting. And one I saw that was from the European Advisory Board on Cat Diseases, was a lady came on from uh, university in France. Met, uh, my French is impeccable. Is très bien. Formidable. Yeah, but from Mason's Alfort in France, France. That was that was mirrored. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. This article was uh, SARS. Uh, so COVID in cats and dogs in close contact with a cluster of COVID nineteen vet students in a veterinary university. And it was published on uh, the on the fourth of July. So it just recently came out, and basically they had a little study where they had twenty vet students that own nine cats and 12 dogs and they all live in close contact in the same small room uh, 12 and 17 square meters so it wow. sounds like a communal dormitory of some sort i guess well wow. so, so 20 20 vet students and their pets yeah that's right now 100 100 smell would have been amazing talk about mud oh we're very hygienic vet students what do you say oh, oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> Oh, they yeah. might be now. 20 years ago, we were pretty rotten. You reckon? Anyway, so uh, now, some points of the study. 100% of the cat owners shared the same bed with their animal. Uh, and so, so slept on the bed. And, but only 33% of the dog owners, uh, the dog slept on the dog owner's bed. Um, uh, it's giving you an idea of how close contacts they, the contact they were. 78% of the cat owners 
um, accepted face and hand licking. Um, and 92% of dog owners accepted hand and face licking. So there's some pretty close contact sort of stuff going on there. So um, they had, they, they, these vet students hadn't hit parasitology lectures yet. Yes. And also they are probably um, uh, still in, still quite young. Cause there, there's a lot of face and hand licking going on. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> who knows? I'm sure they were wormed. So basically I think it came about this study because two of the students actually detected positive for SARS-CoV-2. Right. Okay. So for COVID-19. Um, and then the other 18 students um, were actually not tested, but they were certainly in close contact with the two infected students. Um, and 11 of the students um, in close contact ended up showing clinical signs of COVID-19, COV-2. Uh, they had a fever, cough, and anos anosmia. Loss of smell. Loss of smell. Loss of smell. Anosmia. Maybe. I think so. Pretty sure. Then, then, the, and there were seven, seven students that were asymptomatic at the time of um, of the of the testing that was done. So, at the time um, when these two two students were detected um, positive, um, all the animals were asymptomatic, so they had no symptoms of any any uh, any sort, except three of the cats had some respiratory or digestive signs. So. Um, three out of nine cats, a third of the cats had, and that's, oh, that's probably pretty standard. Cats always seem to have some sort of something going on some stage. Yes. Especially when they're stressed out living in a dormitory with 20 smelly vet students. And 12 dogs. And 12 Jesus. dogs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Their adrenal glands would be well and truly, you know, thick. And they're all licking each other's faces and hands. It's just on. It's on in there, isn't it? Anyway. So on March the 25th, they took samples of all the animals. Uh, blood samples, serum samples of 21 of the animals. And they also took nasal and rectal swabs for PCR on each day from March 25th for a week. So seven days in a row, I guess. Um, and on the animals, so this is after obviously the two vet students have been tested positive um, and the 11 other um, vet students were unwell. And all the serology, so all the blood tests and all the PCR tests actually came back as negative. Right. So really interesting. I guess that what they're trying to highlight is that no pet um, was infected despite very close contact in small rooms with infected or very likely infected students. So they're surmising in natural exposure conditions, the risk of transition from humans to cats or dogs is presumably low. Right. The COV-2. Cov so this is a cool little study. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff about animals potentially getting it living with their owners with cov2 this is an example yep. where where it didn't occur um so they surmise the risk of transmission has to be evaluated in different populations and could also depend on several factors such as the viral load excreted by humans so it might depend on the severity of the signs i guess or the or the severities of the illness or even the age of the owner or you know how much virus they're shedding whether the cats lick the face while the owner's shedding the virus that's right exactly well yeah spot on um or the, you know, um, and then the age of the animals might have an effect on too. So really cool little style. I thought it was really pertinent um, just with, you know, a lot of stuff going around about all these animals. Well, not all these animals, these few animals that have actually supposedly caught it, but there's a study that says that hasn't occurred. Certainly in France, in, um, in Mason's Alfort in France. Oh, here's my French. Nice. Um, the, um, and the good thing is the fact that it's happened around vet students, you know, that the study's going to all been done most likely at the vet school. And so they're, they're going to have been pretty, pretty boned up on what they're doing. Now it's not going to be a, 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 
It's, 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 it's not going to well, be a crappy study. Or, or, you know, like it's, they're going to have done a good job with it. So, Well, anywhere where you get, you know, 20 vet students in one room, a shared dormitory, mate, I'm sure they will be. What boned was that word? At some stage, you think? What, what was that word you used? Yeah, boned up. The what? Hey. You know, all right. Our French. Well, moving across to their, their, uh, their favorite neighbor, Germany. Oh, God. Hello. Just don't mention the war. Yeah. Well, Germany. So, new, this is new legislation that came out this week in Germany. Um, probably a lot of our listeners are all over it, I'm sure. Absolutely. The German agriculture minister has announced she will introduce a controversial new law that will require dog owners to walk their canine friends at least twice a day for a total of at least one hour. How's that? Wow. It's going to be all those all those anxious dogs that don't like other dogs are really going to enjoy that. Well, that's some of the, some of the problems I've got with it, but how's that? That's um, they, they're really quite advanced with what they're sort of saying. The rules would also forbid owners from tying up their dogs for long periods of time or leaving them alone all day. <laughs> okay. Right. Oh, no. yeah, apart from going away. I mean, that's great in the COVID time when everyone's sitting at home, you know, having the dog sitting on their lap while they're doing their zoom meetings, but isn't it, isn't it, it's good for their welfare, but incredible for, uh, for the sort of workforce. But I, th- I think I read somewhere that German workforce, often people work very close to where they live. Right. Um, and often they're able to go home at lunchtime or periods like that to, um, you know, they have, I think they have a big gap during that. Even the kids at school, I think go home for lunch often in Germany oh, during right, the okay. day for a couple of hours. So, and have yeah, their right. bratwurst. Yeah. A stack and, and brotchen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Kartoffeln. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Sauerkraut. Yes. yes. That's right. Exactly. Wiener schnitzel. What else have we got? That's so culturally <laughs> unwoke of us to talk about. <laughs> um, Around one in five German homes have a dog. There are over 9 million dogs kept as pets in the country. Pets are not cuddly toys and their needs have to be considered. Agriculture Minister Julia Klöckner said Monday. Perfect. That's even better than your French. She said her ministry is acting in accordance with new scientific research about dogs' needs. Dog breeders will also be hit by news legislation. They'll only be allowed to keep three female dogs with puppies at any one time. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So that's that's trying to get rid of a bit of backyard breeding, I think, which is great. Or probably more the more the um the the puppy farms. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. The minimum area and maximum temperature for dogs' living conditions will also be further regulated, especially with the current extreme temperatures. We have to ensure that we can save animals from avoidable suffering through the heat, and the same applies to transportation. Klerkner said. She's right. Uh, then uh, the the. The, uh, the, some people have come out and said they're unrealistic rules. One rule for all dogs is probably well meant, but unrealistic. Udo Kapernik, spokesman for the German Kapernik. dog association. Kapernik, spokesman for the German dog association, told the German Bild newspaper. Many dog owners have pointed out that while most dogs should certainly get at least an hour of exercise a day, factors like age, health, and breed affect what is right for each animal. The planned law, which has no set implementation implementation date yet, would be enforced by the 16 German states. It was not clear how the rule would be enforced. <laughs> and interesting. Good point. You're going to dob your neighbour and go, hey, he didn't come home at lunch. No. Dog's alone. That's right. He's, he's sitting by the window. He looks really sad. Sending the, you know, sending the KGB after him. 
well, well yeah, I was going to say something else, to, but we won't talk about that. Anyway, so, but I mean, it's great. Great in theory. I love the idea of, you know, out walking up, but it's not really a solution for everything necessarily. I mean, like you said, you got old dogs, injured dogs, stressed dogs, aggressive dogs. Pugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, there's, there is a note as well. Some of the legislation, I was trying to scramble through this when we were off air, just getting ready before. It also included is a ban on exhibiting dogs at show at dog shows that have tortured breeding characteristics. <laughs> How's that? That's loaded, isn't it? Tortured breeding characteristics. Wow. This might include breeds such as French Bulldog or the Pug, which yeah. often have breathing problems due to their breeding for a short snout. The right. new rule is meant to remove incentives to breed such dogs and reduce demand for them. Jeez. So, there you I wonder go. where they wonder where they stand with. I mean, admittedly, they can breathe, but um, sometimes they have trouble walking. But Dachshunds, as well, you know. Yeah. What? And their their fearfulness. Well, yeah. fear, fearfulness. Or the, yeah, their, their 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 fear of turning the wrong way and their a disc going in their back. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think I think it's a great idea. But but I do sort of wonder. I'd like often I'll do a behaviour consult where. You know, as I say, I'm walking the dog more and more and, and either, you know, a few things. One, it's either scared of the walks, doesn't, you know, fearful, ag- agoraphobic, yeah. um, neophobic, doesn't like being, you know, anything new outside, perhaps aggressive to other dogs, just not, or, or even some dogs that are really boisterous when they go for a walk mm. um, and, and come back actually more energized and more active. And then owners, you know, want to go for, uh, uh, go, um, go to work for the day and the dog's just over the top after the just walk. So, yeah. so sometimes I actually do recommend to cutting back walking. And I think, uh, I don't think a blanket sort of, uh, a blanket sort of um, rule is really, really an ideal way to go, but it's somewhere in the right direction, I guess. It's, they're probably looking at it that they're trying to legislate against people who want a dog and don't want to care for it. You know, like they're just trying to say, look, these are going to be your responsibilities, you know, yeah. um, and, and they might have things you know, that you have to take it to the vet, that you have to do all these other things, you know, just to trying to say that you just, just can't have a dog and have it tied up, you know, to the back fence. Well, it'd be good if they did have that, but they don't. There was some talk about actually trying to legislate owners a little bit more, which I think they do in Switzerland, where you actually have, have to have a license to own a dog, right. which involves knowing a bit about training, having done a training course on um, on uh, um, uh, positive reinforcement training sort of courses before you can actually own a dog. I think that's a fantastic way to go. That would be great. It'd be interesting to see then what the um, the, the numbers of, um, of dog attacks would be in countries like that, that had those sorts of um, licenses mandated, you know, yeah. do they have less, um, less, you know, hospital admissions for dog fight. You know, it's dog hard fights. to know though, because often those European countries are much more inclusive with dogs. They allow dogs everywhere. Like, you know, you, you can go to any restaurant, any cafe and take your dog inside with you. You know, you can take your dog to the hospital with you. You can, you know, there's, there's just, it's, um, it's really a much, certainly the European countries are much more open about, you know, being able to take your, your pet, perhaps not your cat so much, but your dog, being able to yeah. take your dog wherever you want to go. Yeah. Right. Excellent. So, well, well, you know, one thing that you might be able to do if you're wondering whether or not, you know, when you are taking your uh, your dog in Germany for a walk and whether or not they're enjoying it. Your, your um, hund, hund. Your, your hund. hund, yes. Now, hund. now, how's this as me trying to hark back to my uh, to my glory days, Lewis? This was an article from Triple J's Hack Program. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd be more that new one, mate. What is it, uh, triple, triple something else? Triple something else. Oh, the, the, no, the one for older people. Yeah, you? Double J. 
Double J is it? Oh, yeah, yeah right. well, look, Double J is well and truly more up my. There's, I, I don't, I don't know what music they play on Triple J anymore, but it's not my Triple J anymore, Lewis. <laughs> it's just, I'm, it's just, it's just not music, is it, Robbie? It's just noise, Lewis. It's just noise. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so speaking of noise, um, uh, Triple J's hack. Um, uh, so this was posted on uh, Monday, the seventeenth of August. Wondering if your pet is happy or sad, angry or scared? There's an app for that. Of course there is. There sure is. So um, a new app uses artificial intelligence to analyze and interpret the facial expressions of your pet and assign one of five emotions, happy, neutral, angry, sad, and scared. Right. Yeah. Neutral, angry, angry. Interesting. Angry. Yes. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what that is in a dog, but okay. (laughs) Um, The developers say they weren't surprised to discover that cats are more inscrutable than dogs. And of all breeds, Labradors are the least emotionally guarded. In other words, their puppy dog eyes are really easy to read. University of Melbourne graduates and current students gave themselves the challenge of developing an AI app to read the emotions of pets after an ideas forum at Splendor in the Grass 2019 <laughs> science tent, right? Hang on a sec. The hub of ideas, <laughs> Splendor in the Grass, right? Hang on a sec. It yep. must have, there's a little bit of a, was it, had the sniffer dogs been through their bags before they went into the <laughs> Splendor in the Grass tent? Well, they, they, I think after they ran the uh, they ran the test on those ones, there happened to be more of them around either the, the happy, neutral, and a couple that were scared, I think, maybe. Yeah, they were having what's known in the in the vernacular as a bad trip, it's, I think, Lewis. It, it, it's strange that they've given the Labradors the all clear when they were the sniffer dogs that were, that were searching their bags on the way in. <laughs> so to unlock the inner lives of dogs and cats, the app developers had to first clear some technical hurdles. Though face recognition has become so advanced uh, that it's now a standard feature on mobile phones, the algorithms only work for human faces. The team had had to first teach an AI program to recognize a dog's a dog or cat's face in a photo taken from any angle and then isolate them uh, into separate parts. Snuffly nose, little raisin eyes, small mouth, etc. It says small mouth, but I think they mean a small mouth. It hasn't been done for animals before, Professor Aikland said. Um, it's all about extracting facial features from images, and that's surprisingly hard because the pictures can be taken in so many ways. A smile or an eyebrow doesn't always look the same. Now, just as a thing here, Lewis, what they've done, they've got a picture here on the um, on the website, uh, on, the, on the article, where they're trying to check uh, different chihuahua faces. Now, there's 16 images here, right? of which eight are chihuahuas and the other eight are blueberry muffins. What? What? So, so a blueberry muffin, right? Um, I'll, I'll send you. So, so there's 16 pictures, eight of them are are chihuahuas being aggressive. And then there's, there's, no, there's no, there's no teeth being messy. There's no teeth being uh, shared here. Let me show you this, uh, this picture. So you can, so you can see it. I'm sending it, sending you through the link so you can click on it. What they've done, they've got a a photo on here. So the, the software has been able to isolate the eight chihuahua photos where you've got basically, you know, two little black eyes and a little black nose but it hasn't been able to recognize the blueberry muffins as chihuahuas. Right. Oh, well, that's lucky. So that's good. Well, yeah. Well, that's, that's promising, I guess. So click on, click on there. Go yeah, to yeah. Halfway, halfway down on the article. Uh, halfway down. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, oh, right. Well, they, yeah. Okay. 
They do look a bit like chihuahua faces, they're muffins. So I some see, of those so, muffins do look like chihuahuas. So they've got blueberries on the top of them, on the muffin tops that look like the eyes and the nose of chihuahuas. I see, right, for the listeners yeah. who can't see so, it. So there you go. But we're so, going to have a link on there so everyone can look at it. So 90, 98%, 98% of the chihuahuas are scared. That's interesting. <laughs> um, wow. And, and 100% of the blueberry muffins are neutral. Right. Well, that's probably so that's good. It, None of them are um, sad that they haven't been eaten. No. Uh, so if a dog tightens its eyes and mouth while changing the position of its ears in a characteristic way, for example, it's a sign of being scared. A state-of-the-art type of deep learning algorithm called convolutional neural network learns to recognize this through comparing it with a database of images. Dogs are easier to read than cats, surprise, surprise, Professor Aikland said. And some breeds like Labradors work better than others. So how do you know if the app is picking the right emotion? Software that detects the emotions of humans is already available for sale. There's one product sold to police forces to help with interrogations and another for companies to use in job interviews and a third for call center staff. With humans, it's easy to verify whether the software has detected the right emotion. With pets, not so much. Professor Aikland and the team mostly relied on help from pet owners who through long association have grown used to reading their animals' emotions. They also played with dogs and checked whether the software detected happiness. One of my marketing people took her dog for a walk and it was less sad afterward, Professor Aikland said. We compared dogs on beaches versus uh, dogs on sofas. Professor Aikland and the team launched the Happy Pets app this week, just over a year after being set the challenge at Splendor. The finished app is fairly accurate, the professor said. Plant updates will improve the accuracy and add more breeds. Developers are also training the algorithm to detect pain, which I actually thought, wow, hang on, that's actually, you know, it could be an interesting way for owners if it, if it, if it works to be able to say, right, well, is my pet in pain and should I go and see a vet? So, you know, let's be open-minded here and go, right, well, hang on if they're, because we've, you know, we, we've spoken before on the podcast that there are ways in which, you know, uh, facial features that can detect pain in animals. Um, happiness is one of the easiest emotions to spot. Uh, happy dog's eyes are gentle and in soft focus with a relaxed forehead. And if they're running, their ears are floppy. If they're not running, the ears are moving backwards and forwards in an engaging, friendly manner. For cats, a sign of happiness is their whiskers are relaxed and their tails are, uh, and their tails are still. Or if they're standing still to say hello to you, their tail is held high with a slight curl. Now, what I wanted to do for you, Lewis, is I've actually been testing this app today. So, oh. um, so, so we've got some, uh, got some, some full blown, uh, let's see what's happening uh, with this app straight away. So um, my first patient that I tried it in today, so I'm just going to send you through these images. And again, we'll yep. put these up on, um, put these up on the Facebook. So this is a little dog that was, um, uh, has been, uh, I had to do an exploratory laparotomy on him yesterday. Um, and so he was, um, uh, oh, hang on. I'm trying to send it here. Where are we? Is this going to you? Hang on. Sorry for this. Christina's just received 30 photos of uh, right. exploratory laparotomy. So, so, so this is a little dog who's been with us in hospital today. He was at the emergency center overnight as well. Yep. He's got an Elizabethan collar on him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's 71% sad, mate. 71% sad. He's only 18% happy and he's 10% neutral and 1% unsettled. Now I thought, okay, right. Well, hang on. That's actually not too bad, you know, because he is, he is sad because he's got an Elizabethan collar on him. How, how come he's 91% have a knees? How does that work? 
Yeah, well, he's actually a cavoodle. But anyway, maybe it's hard to <laughs> maybe it's hard for it to pick. I mean, a half oh, so it pick, just it one picks of these breeds as well. It, it picks breed. breeds as well, Lewis. Wow, wow, right? this is incredible. Right, but now, so now here's the here's the next one I wanted to send you. Now, this is of the same this is of the same dog, right? But this is with me trying to use my fingers to lift his lift his mouth up into more of a smile. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. So now he's a Wheaton Terrier. Oh, hang on. Yeah. This is not going to work so well for the podcast. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to put it on the, the – people will be able to go on uh, online and they'll be able to – like I'll, I'll have the images on there so people can yeah. go through to the website and they can flick through it. Like I'll put it on right now once we're, once we're done. It's interesting you, um, you're bringing up all this facial recognition stuff. I just watched a uh, – I haven't got that photo yet. I just watched a, um, a movie last night from the Melbourne International Film Festival they're doing online this year. Um, yeah. Called coded bias. Oh, and, really? And uh, and basically, it's about facial recognition. About this um, uh, this woman in the UK who realised that um, that facial recognition software by Amazon, IBM, and one other company couldn't recognise uh, female uh, women of colour at all very well oh, really at all wow. and could only record the best it could recommend was um male men male white men of middle age or well, male white men who are the ones who designed the program in the first place i was gonna say all the people that were in there doing the yeah. designing <laughs> exactly and so and she did and this whole movie was about how terrible the, the recognition software is and it doesn't work very well in humans so interesting that the guys at splendor in the grass have managed to do what ibm amazon facebook uh, google haven't been able to do and over uh, listening to Spiderbait or some other funky new, you know, maybe uh, Viceroy or some other new unknown band that uh, that were playing at Splendor in the Grass, come up with something that the the big wigs of those big companies could not do it, and it's all for nine ninety nine on the App Store. Amazing! It's free. It's free, Lewis. Whoa. That's the thing. Whoa. Yeah. Now, now, have you got those next? Have you got those next? The next uh, tranche of images I've sent through. I now I've got the Wheaton Terrier. The the uh, the Havanese yeah. has turned into Wheaton Terrier. So the Havanese has turned into a Wheaton Terrier. But now that now that I've lifted his mouth up with my fingers, now he's, he's hungry. Says he's hungry. Seventy eight percent happy. <laughs> wow. Right. He's, he's winking though. I think he's getting a bit. Is there one for like uh, you know seductive or something? It looks like a wink he's giving there now. Oh well, that, that's probably just because I was pushing his lips up a little bit. But no, no animal, no animals were unduly hurt in this. Right? So yeah, he was on. It was on a huge amount of pain relief. So no wonder he was seventy eight percent happy. So now the next one, Lewis, was a um was a little puppy, a little eight week old puppy. Yeah. Like, Let's see how it goes with a puppy. Golden retriever. Golden retriever, ninety four percent, but he's eighty six percent unsettled. Yeah, I thought, well, geez, that's really sad because I, I, I mean, he, I gave him liver treats and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, and you know, I mean, it's just a, just a cute little puppy. The yeah, has only just got him, but only picked it up from the breeder today, so maybe it was unsettled. I can't pick unsettled in that. I just picked up the puppy, going, "What are you doing, taking a photo of me?" And and maybe then that and is then unsettled. You, and then if you check the next one, the next one of this of the same puppy, he's oh, a now, now. Now he's going to be Samoyed. <laughs> So we've got him from a different angle, right? But now's where things get really interesting because now I thought, well, you know what? I need to try and check and see what's happening with my own cats. So I went through, and so with this app, you can either take photos straight away or you can go through your own um, own photo. Oh, yeah. Right? So here's one of Melvin, right? Melvin sitting on top of the fridge. This is from a couple of years ago. But I had no idea that my my domestic short-haired cat was actually 99% Maine Coon. Wow. 
right? As an aside, but he's eighty six percent happy though, which makes sense because that is Mel- definitely Melvin's happy face. Yeah, he's one percent sad though on the on the context of it. Look, we're all one. They're all one percent sad. We're all one percent sad. <laughs> are they, so, yeah, they going to change that breed? Do you reckon? Change the breed from from Maine Coon to domestic short hair. Well, Maine Coon. I mean, they've changed the name of Coon Cheese. Is Maine yes, Coon yeah. in the spotlight too? Do you think? Well, I think they probably should do. Yeah. You know, that, that'd be reasonable. Now, yeah. now here's the, here's the next one I wanted oh, to, more. Uh, right, wanted to more, run more. by. Yep. Yep. Right. Here's the next one I want to run by. Um, this, this one I was going to be very interested to see what was coming up. For the listeners at home, um, I, I, I tried it with a picture of Animal from the Muppets. Oh, yes. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Right. Now, now you'd be good. happy to know that, that Animal is actually a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. Yep, nearly. And he is 100% un- 69% Cavalier King Charles, but he is 100% unsettled. Wow. For, for any Muppets fans, that is absolutely correct. Wow. Um, now, an- another one for, for listeners of the podcast from a couple of weeks ago, you remember when I did my interview with, um, with, the, uh, with the koala puppet, with Kobe the koala? Yep, yep. Speaking of Muppets, right. yes. So, so st- uh, Kobe the koala... He's come up as he's come up as a standard poodle. Where's this going? Where's this going? Right. He's come up as a standard poodle, but right. he's also he's one hundred percent unsettled. So it must be because they're showing so much of the whites of their eyes. Right. I reckon. Okay. Right. Now here's one for here's a real throwback from, from a long, long time ago, Lewis. Is this right. going well for a here's uh, a a non-visual medium that is a podcast, mate. No, I'm loving- mate. Everyone's at everyone's at home. They are going to be able to pull up to our website, and they're going to be able to go on there. They're going to be able to look and see all of these. I'll be on the Facebook page now. This lucky last one. This is from a, an image from a long, long time ago when we first started doing the podcast. Right. Is Tell me I, when it's come up. Yeah. No. Well, I'm still. I've still. I've just got the one of the koala. Yep. Standard poodle. Oh yes, yes. Me, me with my. Uh, my Snapchat filter on of a dog. Yes, very good. Exactly. Now, now you've come up as an eighty-six percent sphinx, right? But you're well, a- also are they the hairless ones? Happy. Are they the hairless ones? Because that would fit. They are. Yes. Which I think is quite funny. They managed to they managed to pick up that you've got no hair, even though you've got a hat on. So the, I'm amazed with how sensitive this uh, this stuff is, Lewis. That they've been able to pick up the fact that you've got as much hair as a sphinx cat, and I'm eighty-six percent happy. I reckon that's about right for me. Most of the time, eighty-six percent. That's an A. That's an A, not an A plus. A. Yeah, a. no, that's that's a that's a that's a H, that's a H one. That's a high distinction happy right. Yeah, there. I reckon that's me. So anyway, I this is what I was giggling myself going right. as I'm trying to get all these photos ready. I'm going, oh my goodness, right? I've, I've, where's this picture I've got of Lewis? Go, Hang on, I'll do one of the animal as well. Hang on, I'll do one of the of Kobe the koala. Very clever. And so I can see why you sent me that that link saying I'm not sure if it'll be as funny on the podcast as I'm finding it right now. I found that really funny. Okay. So hopefully, hopefully everyone. So, but I've got all those photos, so I'll put those all those on the podcast so everyone can have a look. It's probably time for a break. Sounds like a plan. Hey, Robbie, I'd love to give a shout out to our friends at PetSure for their awesome free webinar series. Yeah, man, I heard about those. Aren't they called Pause and Learn, as in (laughs) P-A-W-S? I see what you did there. Oh, mate, there's nothing like a good acronym. 
<laughs> it got your attention. It certainly did, mate. But seriously, the Pet Show webinars cover some amazing topics, though. They sure do. There's one on COVID-19 and pets, very topical, and essential viewing for all concerned pet parents in this COVID-19 world. Indeed, mate, and for vets as well. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's also another one called Setting Up Your New Pet for Success. And here's one that's really important, Helping Pets Avoid Separation Anxiety. That'd be right in your wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, love that. Anything on behaviour, that's absolute gold. Oh, mate, it's all gold, gold, gold for Pet Shore here. And you know they're presented by Pet Shore's Chief Vet, Dr. Danny Hulhan, friend of the podcast, and also, they have a range of other pet experts for each topic, so you know you're getting the good stuff. Oh, mate, that sounds great. So to learn more about these webinars or to register, visit petsure.com.au slash webinars. Registration is free, but spots are limited, and since we've just registered, two less. So make sure you secure your spot today. Oh, T's and C's apply. Visit petsure.com.au for more information. <laughs> Advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if you missed anything, if you need any clarification, or what your animal's uh, emotions look like when you inadvert uh, definitely go and download the Happy Pets app and uh, see see what they come up looking like. I was, I was going to say, mate, you didn't give the name of it, but it's the Happy Pets app. Sorry, the Happy Pets app. Yeah, I wonder it's, if- just, it's just at the app store. It's free. I'm going to try it for Olive a bit later, but I won't do it right now. They don't have a homicidal um, option up there for it to be 95% homicidal. <laughs> for Olive? For Olive, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks. Go on postal. I mean, I'm, only, I'm only trying to keep it real. I know I know how much how much, uh, how much, much blood she's tried ex- uh, extruding from you and your digits over the years. Do we need a lifeline number after this? Or no? no or well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, who's that unsettled? For 100% unsettled, be worried. You might be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, like, uh, like, like animal from the Muppets. Anyway, mate. Now you're saying this that you are seeing a lot of a particular type of problem at the moment. Is that right? Mate, we have got a bit of a pandemic going here at the moment of dogs with uh, with bladder stones. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We we have had like no no kidding. We have diagnosed four of them in the last two weeks. Mm. Right, so wow. some of them have been showing clinical signs, but some of them haven't, Lewis, which has been the, the, the funny thing. Like one dog that we found with it, we actually um, had the dog in. We were x-raying it for, um, for hind limb lameness. And so oh. when we were doing the x-rays, we looked and gone, hang on, what are these funny white things sitting in the back part of the abdomen? And so took another x-ray and gone, oh, sorry, dude, but your dog's got bladder stones. And how is that causing the lameness? Oh, I, um, I think because um, when it was uh, trying to lift it, cock its leg to yes. urinate, that the stone was getting stuck in the hip joint. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. All well, advice on this that? show is general in nature. And, and often absolute BS. <laughs> so, so please take it with a grain of salt. Right. You know, you know there's a, turn, turns out they'll let any crazy person do a podcast. And it doesn't matter whether or not you're telling the truth or telling absolute, absolute Phoebe, Phoebe Nunas. So, so, so how do those stones get there, mate? So the, it's, it's really interesting. It's all a chemical reaction, Lewis. So what happens is the, if people remember back to um, their, their days of science, sometimes they do a science experiment where they make um, sulfur, uh, uh, copper sulfate crystals. So if you've got a highly concentrated solution, 
what happens is the compounds within that solution can start to crystallize. So yep. what happens with the dogs and cats as well that get bladder stones, and I imagine all other species that get bladder stones as well, is that if you've got these compounds in a very, very high concentration, they can start to coalesce to form crystals and those crystals can coalesce to form stones. And sometimes it often needs a, something to kickstart it as well, like a, maybe a protein matrix that you might get, say, if you've got a urinary tract infection or urinary tract inflammation or something like that. But the stones can be made up of all sorts of junk. You know, it can be um, calcium oxalate crystals. It can be struvite crystals, um, can be, uh, you know, um, cysteine crystals, all sorts of things. But it's just as if there's a high enough concentration of this, that stuff that's in the actual, uh, in the actual uh, bladder, in the urine, well then uh, away you go and then you can get these stones formed. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and what sort of signs are like uh, in the, obviously the lame dog had no signs because of the sort of incidental finding, yeah. but do you sometimes see signs or what do you, how do you sort of know that if your dog might have them? So one of the other dogs that we saw this week was actually presented because he was urinating in the house. Yeah, so, right. um, so he came in, he was about a 10 or 11 year old dog. And, um, you know, they said, Oh, look, we think he's drinking more. And we think he's weighing more. So, okay, right. We'll do the right thing. We'll do some, do some blood tests. Um, couldn't get a urine sample off him. So then we brought him into, uh, to get a urine sample using our ultrasound and they're going, Ooh, we've seen something on the ultrasound that was not supposed to be there. Yeah, so right. this dog, so this dog, um, he presented as urinating inside. So because those bladder stones grind away at the lining of the bladder wall, often what you can get is you can get, um, uh, irritation to the bladder wall. You can get bleeding. So sometimes the dogs or cats will have blood in their urine. Um, and, uh, and often they might strain to urinate. So they might be, you know, they might just do lots of little wheeze, like, um, quite classically in, in little dogs, but if, especially if they get, struvite stones they can get massive numbers of stones that take up most of the volume of the bladder and those dogs they just go and just do lots and lots and lots of little wheeze because there's no room in their bladder for um for the urine to sit so so lots of little wheeze straining to urinate blood um uh, the really dangerous ones with um dogs if they get blocked so if they're trying to urinate and nothing comes out then that's a that's a, a real emergency sign you got to get them to see the vet straight away fantastic and so what are you what are you looking at doing or how do you diagnose it or what, what's the next step so, so to try and do a, um, to try and diagnose it. So we, we sort of inadvertently fell on the diagnosis of two of these cases where we, uh, you know, we're taking x-rays of a hind limb lameness and going, well, oops, there's some stones there. Yep. Um, the other one, we're trying to get a urine sample from a dog and go, oops, there's some stones there. So sometimes it's a matter of going, oops, there's some stones there, yep. but um, x-rays, ultrasound, uh, sometimes you'll find crystals on a urine sample. So you get a nice fresh urine sample that we spin down and look under the microscope. You might see some crystals there and go, oh, bother, maybe we need to do one of these uh, imaging techniques to see whether or not there's some stones there. But some stones are a bit tricky and they don't actually show up on x-ray. And yep. so we sometimes need to do uh, what's called contrast x-rays, where we uh, put some contrast up into the uh, up into the bladder. So we've got to do it under an anesthetic, pass a catheter up, squirt some contrast in there, and you can actually see what's called a filling defect in the, uh, in the bladder to go, oh, I think we've got a stony stony in here. Yeah, I think the best ones I love is when uh, you got them in a consult room and uh, and you know you're just sort of feeling the feeling the abdomen, palpating the oh, abdomen, cool, yeah. and then you then you palpate the bladder and you go, oh, you sort of feel that kind of gravelly sort of crunch in your hands, and it's pretty pretty uh, I'd say pathognomic. You know, there's nothing else that feels like it, and you go, oh, pretty sure we got some bladder stones. It makes me feel good. I really like those ones where you're like, yeah, that's something I can diagnose in the consult room. 
Well, it's like um the uh, the analogy I use for people with those ones, and it's a because I don't yeah I haven't had a, a dynamite one like that for a while. They've all but just been the tiny little stones. Yeah. But um yeah, it's like it's like feeling a bag of marbles. Yeah. You know, where you can just sort of feel like if you sort of imagine, close your eyes and feel a small bag of marbles, all the marbles grating on each other. That's the, that's mm. the sensation that you get. Yep. Um, and it's just that then those marbles then grate around on the, uh, on the, the lining of the bladder wall as well, which sucks if you've got the bladder stones. Yep. So, so treatment wise, once we diagnose they're there, sometimes uh, you can use um, diets and things to dissolve certain, certain types of the, uh, of the stones, but that can take a while, but it's certainly a, a reasonable non-surgical option. Um, you, there are there is some uh, some fancy techniques now of going in and doing uh, lithiotripsy, so going in and sort of uh, blowing the the stones apart. But that's pretty um, that's pretty cutting edge stuff. There's not an awful lot of that that's available at the moment, and uh, it's usually limited to larger breed dogs because you need to be able to get the um, a, a, a endoscope big enough for the actual uh, thing to get in there to get into the bladder. So right. most of the time it's surgery. So going in, taking these dogs into surgery to go in there and remove the actual, uh, remove the bladder stone. So that's what I did for uh, one of these dogs this week. I got two of them next week and another one the week after. That's amazing, mate. And it's, it's not really necessarily an urgent surgery unless they've had a blockage where, you know, one of the stones got stuck in, in the urethra or something like that. It's sort of something you, you, you know, you don't need to rush to do it the next day, I suppose, um, is what I'm saying. And, it's, and it is a, a procedure that um, is fairly common, I guess, we do at the, the vet clinic. You know, we are doing obviously four in, four in a fortnight. But it'd be more likely to be one in a month, maybe. I don't know how, how many you get, but that, that'd probably be where we're at, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not an uncommon procedure, but yeah. it's um, but it's yeah, yeah, it's not not super duper frequent. And I think as well with a lot of the foods that people feed these days, um, they're much more protective against stone production. But sometimes you know, just bad stuff happens, and they yeah. and they form these stones. So so, and then after the surgery, you know, you've sewn them up, you've they're healed up, all gone, got all the stones out, mate. What um, you know, is there anything you need to do sort of long term as a preventative or? Well, yeah, there's a little bit of high-fiving once they actually go to the toilet. You know, there's yeah. a, um, I, I had a case many, many years ago back when I was in England where um, I did the, uh, did the surgery and um, took the bladder stones out. Everything went great. Um, but the, the dog was a bit reluctant to urinate the next day. And so um, another vet at the clinic um, gave the dog a diuretic, thinking that the dog was in um, uh, aneuric renal failure. So, um, so yeah, that dog's bladder, um, filled up, um, quite a lot. And That's then helpful, right? Yes. The stitches. Oh. So that wasn't much fun. So then we had to go back in there and re-stitch that bladder up. So wow. That's a so, complication so, so, I heard of. Yeah. So, so now, now I've always, even though that happened 15 years ago and the dog was fine, by the way. Um, now, now I've always got my heart in my mouth until the dogs go out and do a wee. So once they do a wee, then it's time for high fives. And then we, we send a stone off to the lab to find out what it is Yes. so that then we can try and work out what we need to do to prevent it. So is it diet? Is it pH control of the urine? Keeping an eye out for signs of urinary tract infections and things like that too. Yeah, right. And often you have sort of some serial follow-up urine samples you know, going down the track just to make sure crystals aren't forming again. And maybe uh, sometimes we even talk about doing you know, yearly um, depending on, on the sort of food the dog's on and how it's going, might do sort of yearly or six monthly x-rays or something like that, just looking to, you know, in the initial stages to make sure, because some dogs, I think they're just prone to getting those bladders 
bladder stones bladder forming it. And, and often, often you find you're doing surgery on them every couple of years. They've got some bladder stones. So correct. Really, yeah. That's, really... that's what we do. Yeah. One of the things we do is we do, um, particularly if they're the calcium oxalate ones, we uh, will we'll usually do um, x-rays of them every six months so that we can keep a handle on what's going on. And um, particularly then with the struvite ones as well, we usually do um, urine cultures on them every six months as well, just to keep on top of urinary tract infections. So, yeah. And I think there's a li- maybe a little bit of evidence. I'm not sure how, um, how robust, robust. Yeah. But maybe about trying to get them to drink a little bit more. So, you know, maybe, maybe switching to certainly in cats, it seems to help switching to wet food and um, mm. adding water to the food um, can, can help a little bit dilute out some of the stuff and keep the, the concentration of the urine um, dilute as well. Maybe may help as well, but it's all chemistry, mate. It can't hurt. And sorry, jury's out a little bit on that one, but, yeah. but, but, but certainly, uh, certainly can't hurt exactly. Yeah. Good so stuff, anyway, mate. Bladder stones. They, they're out there. They're real. Yeah. They're real. You know, I didn't do, I didn't do the happy pets app on, on the dog, you know, before and after the surgery to see oh. whether or not he's happier now that the stones are out. But Hey, who knows? Of course he is. Of course you have to mate. No doubt about it. Alrighty. Fantastic. Good stuff, mate. So that's look, it. I think, I think that's, uh, that's about as much as we got for this week. Uh, it sounds you- like enough. If you have got any questions, maybe you're worried that you've got the Happy Pets app and you've taken a photo of your pet and they've come out as, as being a little bit unsettled and you want some confirmation from us, yes. send us a photo. We're happy yep. to give you some free advice as to whether or not your dog is unsettled or not um, in exchange for Patreon support. So yeah, I, I, I look forward to say like a, it's it's Mickey, guys. Download the app, take the photos, and send and you know hit hit link us up on the on your socials so that we can uh, so that we can see what's going on. I know there's some of our listeners that'll be um, uh, uh, jumping at, at the at the chance of, of using this app, but uh, but I want everyone to uh, to grab it and and maybe if anyone's got like a like a mask or something like that, you know, they could, um, they, they could pop that on and take a picture of themselves and see what their, what their anger and sadness. Are. I think it's just good fun, Lewis, you know, oh, the, ma- the, the mask singer, you mean, take a yes. photo of that. The mask singer style. Yes. Absolutely. And tell, tell you how the singer's actually feeling underneath. Why not? Oh, Why lovely. not? Sounds good. Now it's also, also, I think in, uh, is it next week or the week after we're interviewing a, uh, anesthesiologist. Anesthetist. And he's, I think they're anesthesiologists now. Really? Yeah, because they were felt that they weren't, uh, well, certainly human aspect, they weren't felt that they were being uh, appreciated like a, uh, um, um, uh, a dermatologist. Like, so yes. they, they, they don't want to be an, an is, they want to be an ologist. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So anesthesiologists. So, so right. anyway, whatever they are, specialists in anesthesia. Jeez, that doesn't help because their name was hard enough to bloody say it you know, yeah. first. Now they're yeah. going to make it more difficult with more letters. We are. And we're interviewing Eleanor Holden, aren't we? So, so yes. if you, you've got any questions about anesthetics, we need your questions. We've, um, yes. we've had a few that have come in over the week, um, which have been great, but we need a few more so that we can really grill Eleanor. Well, no, we don't want to grill <laughs> Eleanor. <laughs> But, uh, but get, get some information that you listeners have got about anesthetics, about anesthetic risks, uh, maybe about different breeds with anesthesia, maybe um, things you should be asking your vet if you're about to go and have an anesthetic. Some, anything along those lines, please hit us up. Uh, you can get us at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. We are on the Talk Talk. We're on Instagram, Twitter, face, Facebook. Uh, Happy uh, Pets. We're yeah. on Happy Pets. Happy Pets, yeah. Robbie's on House Party. Just uh, join, join the room, talk to him. All righty. 
We are good to go. That's it. Peace out. Bye. Catch you later. Hi, guys. Robbie here. Just a quick little sous-saunt, a little tack on. Um, Last week, I was uh, waxing lyrical about Paul Parker having disappeared and uh, completely forgot to mention this week, he came back. So uh, he had spent a couple of days under a house a few doors up from ours. So I had to go and uh, extricate him from out from uh, pulling a couple of of weatherboards off to get him out. But he's home and he's happy. As happy as what he can be, given that he's under house arrest. But that's all right. We're under stage four restrictions, and he's under got stuck under a house restriction. So everything's all happy. So thanks for everyone who was sending uh, well wishes and things um, for Parker's safe return. So he's back. Everyone's pretty wrapped. So thanks a lot, guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.